Hello, and welcome to the Platform Podcast, hosted by Market Place Risk Advisory Board Chair, L. Tucker, a former journalist who writes, speaks, and consults on all things startups. The Platform Podcast features conversations with founders, operators, and experts tackling a myriad of topics facing the marketplace and sharing economy startup ecosystem. Please note this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not professional advice. For specific issues, please seek an appropriate professional or contact us at info at marketplacerisk.com for more information. And now, without further ado, I will hand things over to Elle. Hello, and welcome back to the Platform Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Sophie Smallwood, who is co-founder and co-CEO of Rollshare. Sophie, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Now, I'm really interested, first of all, by your job title, because you really are living what your platform offers. Rollshare is a job sharing platform. Um, So I really can't wait to hear more about it. Tell me how the whole idea came about. Sure. So I think we need to take a trip back in, uh, in time to about, gosh, over 10 years ago when I was working in Los Angeles in advertising. And um, if anyone knows the marketing and advertising industry, very long hours, very intense, deadline driven, customer driven, you sort of have to be present all the time. Mm-hmm. And I was volunteering once a week. This was before I had children and even before I moved to London. And on this once a week volunteering um, experience, I met a woman who was very senior in marketing and advertising. She was director in media. She was also, from what I recall, a uh, member or chair or board member of this charity. And she also had young twins. And I was really impressed because I knew the industry and I knew how intense it was. And I just point blank asked her, wow, how do you do this? And it was a moment in time for me that really is frozen. And she said, I'm very lucky I share my job. And I never heard of this concept before. It was my first time. And it just blew my mind around the possibilities. But she also explained to me, you know, in in the the sort of technicalities and practicalities that she was kind of lucky. A lot of stars at the time had to align for her to be able to work this way. Um, We didn't, we are not where we, we were not where we are today as far as technology um, and enterprise tools, et cetera. But regardless, through the years, this idea and this concept really stuck with me whenever I would hear about you know, people getting burnt out, leaving the workforce, women leaving after having children, not being able to come back, the widening gender pay gap and just the continuous gender pay gap. And, you know, the the challenges in bringing in more diverse talent and mid senior roles. And I was always sort of screaming inside of my head, why are more companies not doing the sharing thing? And then fast forward years later, when I became a parent for the first time, this concept of sharing came back up, but this time for me. And I started to think maybe I could do this. And I thought by this time, you know, based on how many marketplaces there are out there, you could almost share anything short of a toothbrush through (laughs) some kind of an Mm -hmm. online marketplace. I thought certainly by now there has to be a platform where I can, like a dating platform where people who want to share jobs can meet other people, right? Or, and then also there's jobs there that are shareable, easy. But it didn't exist. There was no such place. And that really was the seed that 
eventually sprouted into Rollshare. Mm, you thought, well, if if it doesn't exist, <laughs> I'm going to create it. And um, what a brilliant idea, because, you know, like you, I would have thought something like this in in this day and age and in, in a world, as you say, where platforms enable us to share so many things that somebody would have thought there's there's a real need for this and and we we talked b- before this this recording briefly and i i said to you that i did know a couple of people who job shared but it was very much in in the public sector uh teachers um my sister who's who works in um healthcare why do you think it has only taken root in these sort of bigger organizations and has it That's, even taken root? Yeah, I think, you know, it's a good question. There comes down to a why. Why is the public sector so friendly to this? Um, perhaps there's a pain that they need to help solve for. And we're seeing, you know, the the private sector now feeling a lot of pain because we're anticipating that by 2030, there will be 85 million, um, you know, talent shortage for skilled labor. Right. And sometimes when you're forced to have to think differently, these opportunities like sharing come to the forefront and maybe the public sector felt those pains earlier on. Mm -hmm. That could be part of the reason. But um, I always think, you know, there's a lot of people who do job sharing in the public sector in the NHS in the UK, um, National Healthcare Service, and yes, in teaching. And actually teachers in the US have done job sharing as well. And it has been done in the private sector, too. Uh, very much on an ad hoc basis, sort of one one on one sort of scenario, trying to keep an employee from leaving who's a valuable employee. But there's to this, there hasn't been a platform that has really enabled companies to do it properly. There have been others who have tried and have approached it differently. We are approaching it as a marketplace, mm-hmm. right? Two sided. And when I was giving birth to both my children in the middle, there was a midwife handover. Mm-hmm. And because of my relationship with, you know, role share and the amount of research I've done, I immediately clocked that they were doing a job share of sorts. And I thought, my God, if you can do a job share and people's lives are at stake, you can do it anywhere in any job. And this is a, a brilliant use of technology because actually finding someone to share your job with you in a in a manual way I mean obviously the technology helps all sorts of sharing and all sorts of matching but particularly this one it is a real needle in a haystack thing isn't it whereas the Mm -hmm. technology that you are helping to you know you're, you're helping people to be able to do this and much more easily so that must be the a, a real advantage of using role share for people it's that they don't have to do the hunting is that why people are signing up with you definitely i think people are signing up with us because from a talent perspective because they understand that there potentially are jobs on the other side that are a good match for them Mm -hmm. right and that job opportunities when they're shareable are oftentimes more mid senior level. So you can maintain your band level within an organization. You can find jobs that are much more in line with your experience. You don't have to sacrifice your ambition for your need for flexibility, if you will, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think that's appealing for people. 
but why they want to share really varies, right? You have people who are working parents, you have people who are you know, currently working, but going back to school and are aware that they might get burnt out. And so they're being preemptive about it. You have people who have been working a long time, but now have other passions they'd like to nurture, whether it's volunteering, um, some kind of consulting, you know, advisory work, whatever it might be. And then you have a growing population of individuals who um, are, you know, freelance. We're anticipating that by 2030, half the workforce will be freelance. Um, within that are a lot of women who are doing freelance because they couldn't work flexibly in their corporate jobs. And role share is a real option for them, right? Um, so you're absolutely right. And finding someone, so many different factors you have to think about, right? Mm -hmm. So um, it's the moment in time, it's the relevancy around education, you know, experience and um, motivation and value. So many things to keep in mind um, when two people come together to share a role. And so tell me a bit about how the platform actually works. How would somebody go about as a, an individual using the platform? Right. So I think just offhand, it's important to um, just remember, remind people that sometimes the most simple things are the hardest things to grasp, right? And ultimately, this is a team, right? A team that come together to sharing the objectives, KPIs of a role in our mutually accountable to each other and self-solve almost sometimes autonomously before flagging it to a manager. So in essence, less work for a manager because they're self-solving together. But how the platform actually works, super simple. On the talent side, people come to platform, they can create a profile, we match them to talents that are relevant and um, we enable them to connect, to chat, to discover. We have toolkits and guides to help them, in essence, plan how they might want to share, to uh, proactively uh, prepare for questions that they might have during an interview process that might be uniquely um, related to the fact that they'll be sharing the role. And then on the other side of the marketplace, we very recently enabled companies to join us. So companies can deploy role share to retain what we like to call regrettable churn talent who are valued employees who don't want to remain in full time but would like to maintain the band level that they're in and their career trajectory and are great candidates for job sharing. We enable companies to match those individuals. And then they can also tap into our own talent pool to bring in liquidity in the case they can't find matches internally for talent that they really want to retain. So companies work with us to, um, you know, do that matching internally and also can open up their jobs to our um, to our marketplace, if you will, of external talent. That's amazing. Um, but I mean, you've explained it to me. Um, how did you get on explaining it to people when you were just getting started? Where did people get the idea? Did did they think that there was a need? You've had some investment. Was it hard to convince people because you really are leading the way with this? And and presumably as a kind of as a pioneer, you are always going to come up against kind of naysayers. Is, is, has that been the case? Definitely. I think with anything that is scratching at the surface of legacy and, you know, bringing new ways can be scary, right? So it's polarizing. I would say where we are today is we have visionaries and um, 
it's and then you've got the folks who are you know perhaps on the opposite side who don't get it but i think people don't get it until one day they do and so we're really really focusing on you know getting the proof points with those visionary companies and in terms of because obviously marketplace risk we like to you know talk a bit about the 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 trust and the safety and the you know the risks involved in this how have you factored these in to your plans for the technology for you know as you scale what dangers are there with the platform do you, is it is it around people not being who they say they are maybe um you know not having the the skills that they wanted what what um risks have you factored in and what are you on the lookout for so I think what I can say, just broadly speaking, is that we have just passed ISO, the ISO stage two. Mm-hmm. So we're very happy about that. And obviously, <laughs> yeah, so that was quite a big piece of, of work, as I'm sure you're very well aware. Um, and as far as the trust piece, we understand that trust is a big part of this. Um, we want to enable people to connect. And we've thought about different ways to bring in social proof. Um, but obviously it's, uh, it's, it's a big, it's a big project. Our roadmap is full of, um, things that we need to push and, um, implement, but we are very serious about security. And actually early on in our journey, we had people say, Oh, why are you worrying about ISO? You don't need to do that yet. But we really insisted and pushed to do that very early in our journey. We just raised our second round seed. We're a team of six, um, almost six. We're 5.4 to be exact. We'll be seven um, by the end of, uh, say, September. We should be seven. Um, we're a small team. We're still early in our journey, but um, we've taken this ISO certification really, really seriously because we know that trust is a big part of this. Um, other things that we are thinking about, I would be happy to share, but then I'd be giving too much insight into our roadmap. Yes. Um, so happy to talk about it one on one. Yes. Great. Look forward to it. Um, when I introduced you, Sophie, I, I said that you were a co-CEO. So mm-hmm. you were obviously job sharing in, in your own role. Do you think that for CEOs, this is something that people might not have considered? Do they think about role sharing or job sharing? as being something that's for specific levels and you know not for others so we are actually seeing a rising trend so i could have a bias because i've got an ear and my eyes right i'm breathing bleeding and sleeping job sharing but um we are hearing and seeing a lot more ceos come at us co-ceos and i think that's great because you know change management oftentimes starts from the top so that's phenomenal and it's a really interesting uh, thing because there was a study actually that came out not long ago and I'm paraphrasing the number because I don't know it exactly off the top of my my head but I think it was a Harvard Business Review article and I'm happy to share it with you separately um, after this but where they did they they studied about 80 or so companies and um, where there was a solo CEO versus similar companies that had co-CEOs. And they found that um, 60% of the companies that had co-CEOs outperformed solo CEOs. Wow. Yeah. 
That's incredible. Um, wow. I mean, yeah, that's uh, that's an incredible stat. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, it's, it's sort of dispelling these myths that people might, you know, considered to be true about job sharing that is going to be you know a, a really interesting part of of your journey because the more people actually understand the benefits the more people are going to get involved in this and I feel like as we come out of the pandemic era there feels like this just is a, a timely um, a, a timely idea for the future of, of work um, I wanted to talk to you a bit about the broader benefits we talked about the benefits to actual individual workers and to companies but with that eye on the future of work what benefits are there in terms of the broader workforce sort of particularly in the UK um, making that workforce more sustainable and maybe mm -hmm. more equal and and more diverse what what can job sharing bring in terms of these sorts of benefits mm -hmm. right we know that there is an, an issue, a looming issue with the gender pay gap in mid to senior roles and job sharing is absolutely a path toward helping reducing that gender pay gap. There's no doubt. It's a very good working model for people who are working in mid to senior roles. And this could absolutely help drastically reduce the gender pay gap. The other thing too is if you think about the talent marketplace globally and some of the reports, one not very long ago from Corn Ferry around the global talent crunch, where they identified that by 2030, there will be a global talent shortage of skilled workers, 85 million people short. That's about, from what I recall, 8.5 trillion and unrealized annual revenues. Yet, focusing on reskilling, upskilling, training is not going to solve for that alone. Companies, governments need to really think about ways to activate talent who traditionally have been marginalized because they don't fit that traditional full-time mold. And there's a lot of women who could be activated who have incredible elite skills that in a sharing capacity could come back into companies who could then have their knowledge transferred. And by transferring knowledge in a job share, you're literally going through the entire learning loop. Peer-to-peer -peer learning is one of the most effective ways that people learn. There's a tremendous opportunity here also in helping reduce the skills gap in knowledge transfer. And additionally, we're seeing a lot of aging workers that are either leaving the workforce early now potentially having to come back because of the recession and they're not in a position to necessarily want to work full time. Role shares could be a fantastic opportunity for them merging multi-generational individuals together. That's brilliant. And the, the potential for companies to benefit from these, you know, this, this mix of skill sets and, you know, soft skills is, is incredible um so I, I can't imagine that um there are many companies who once they understand the benefits of it wouldn't would not want to to get involved in this it's um it's fantastic and in a way it's sharing economy you know it, it's, it's almost perfect sharing and and the job is exactly the thing that you're sharing 
Um, whereas I think people have thought in terms of the sharing economy when it's to do with work as, you know, a, a, somehow this this model has, hasn't been considered, but it's almost like it's been staring us in the face, I think, don't you? A hundred percent. And I think part of it is people, I think, at the base think, oh, this is a good idea, but then immediately get bombarded with the anxiety producing questions like, okay, how do you actually share the job? Well, again, not too complicated. I swear, it's really not that complicated, but it's new, right? And then the, the oftentimes the next question is, okay, so how do I actually, um, hold on, what if two people are don't get along? Or what if one person is better than the other? Oh no, and what if one person leaves? Is it more work for the manager? And the reality is that when two people are sharing a role, they actually have this very unique one-to-one -one accountability because they share their objectives and their KPIs and they're holding each other accountable. So in effect, it's actually less work for the manager. There is a hard line between the two job sharers and almost like a dotted line into the manager because they're more autonomous together and they self-solve, they elevate each other's individual performances. And then if one person does leave, again, yes, that happens on any team today. Mm -hmm. But in this case, if one person leaves, the company has managed to actually ensure some of those utility skills through the knowledge transfer that happened in the relationship that the two peers had together. So you might still have another person in the role who can carry on continuity and then uh, use obviously a platform like RollShare to find the job share partner mm -hmm. replacement. And then onboarding happens much more rapidly because the person who is in essence training the new starter is much more motivated to share entirely, right? Mm -hmm. Without barriers, if you will. Um, and so it's a really interesting way to actually ensure utility skills from the company and maintain continuity. But yes, it's somewhat new. And I think sometimes, you know, people don't quite get it yet. Yet is what I like to say. Um, yeah, there's a, it, it, it's really inspiring. And there's actually a story that just when I think about it, it gives me goosebumps. Um, there's a charity in the Netherlands that we work with very early on in our journey, and they were looking to fill an executive position with two people. And the reason why they wanted to do it is because they wanted more accountability in one of their most senior leadership roles. They wanted geographic diversity, gender diversity, and also potentially generational diversity, all in one role. Wow. <laughs> and so they put this role out to market. We worked with them. We learned a ton. You know, a startup is always about learning iteration. And what I, what I love is that today, the result of this is that they have co-executives working in this position. It's usually headquartered out of the Netherlands and it operates in South Africa. And so they now have a gentleman and a woman sharing the role together. So there's a gentleman by the name, his name is Gerard. He's um, co-executive out of the Netherlands. He gets to work flexibly. And then his job share partner, Spongile, is based out of South Africa. And she also gets to work flexibly in this role. They share the objectives, the KPIs, the recognition of the output of the role together. But what I love is they're literally thinking globally and acting locally together mm -hmm. by sharing a role, right? And Spongile in particular has secured out of South Africa, a leadership position across borders in a role that historically 
would have been filled by sole candidate out of HQ in the Netherlands, right? So by opening their role to be shared, this charity have literally just scratched the surface at what is truly possible in an equitable and sustainable workforce. Fantastic. What an amazing, that's a, that is a goosebumps moment, Sophie, because it's almost like, you know, the perfect example and, and really an example of what's, you know, what, what, what is possible. Um, mm-hmm. And that's, that's the most exciting thing. So, Sophie, I won't put you on the spot, but we're hoping to see you at the Sharing Economy Global Summit, which is in October in London. And thank you for joining me on the podcast today. We're really looking forward to role share being part of the Marketplace Risk community. And it's so exciting to hear about what you're doing. I genuinely think that this is something that could change everything. So really appreciate you coming on and telling us about it. Thank you so much, Al. Thank you for tuning into the Platform Podcast. Be sure to check us out at marketplacerisk.com for information and resources to help startups launch, grow, and succeed. And follow us on social media at Marketplace Risk to stay up to date on all of our conferences, summits, virtual events, and more.